This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening. We missed you last week, everyone, but we're back. Baruch Hashem. Uh, okay, so we're going to go back a little bit, and we're going to tie this whole share, tie it up into Hanukkah. If you have a pen and paper, you're going to need it because this is like 15 questions with one answer. So, it's a very big Emirat Hashem. Okay, let's go back. Two weeks. Go back to Pasha Vayetzeh. So we're going to see from this whole shir tonight that Hashgacha Pratis, that Hashem, everything is Hashgacha Pratis, and that God creates the Rufua um, before the Maka. Okay? Okay, so let's go. Pasha Vayetzeh. He has a dream. Yaakov has a dream. He wakes up in the morning. He takes the stone the twelve stones that became one stone. By Yasim Oyser Matseva, and he makes a monument. By Yitzchak Shemin Arusha, and he pours oil on the monument. Question: The Sefer Paneach Raza Hiksha. Minayin Hayul Yaakov Shemin. How did Yaakov have any oil? How did Elifaz Ben Esav Roid the Yaakov because of Menachem Shalom? Was it? Was it? Did chase him? And take everything that he had, right? So, how did he have any oil? He said the bleaching over the stick. Well, we're gonna go back there. So, right? It was hollow, and inside that there was a. He put a keli, a vessel that had that carried the oil, and it was hidden in the stick. Okay, all right. Um, why? So that he could learn. That he could learn Torah at night. Okay. Now he says that when it says by Yavasa Yaakov Levado, Yaakov was left alone. He translated Atiku Levado Elalakado. He was left with his continuously pouring um, can of oil. Okay. And then at the end he says, "Umimenu hidliko shmaina yamim lefit zarcham." From this little jar, the chashmanaim lit the menorah. Because what was special about this jar that once you poured, it continued to fill up. They used it for the Mishkan, the Beit Hamikdash, the Beit We learned this. Okay, now let's go. We just need, we need to know that in the beginning. I know we learned it, but we need to know that in the beginning of the shir. It's very important. Okay. Now let's go to last week's parsha. Okay. Last week's parsha is Azoi. Azoi. Vayivasa Yaakov Levadai. Yaakov was left alone. Vayavig Ish Imo. And a man, which was the Malach of the Satan, right? Of Esav, fought with him. Until Alois Hashachar. How come Yaakov wasn't, how come Yaakov was scared after he fought the Malach and he beat him? He didn't beat him, he actually lost, but he got dislocated. But he held him down. So why was he scared when Esav came after this physically? He beat the Malach. Why was he scared of Esav? 
because the Malach came to beat him spiritually. Esav came to kill him physically. One had nothing to do with the other. Just because he couldn't beat him spiritually doesn't mean he couldn't kill him physically. So even though he beat the Malach in that in that spiritual war, we're going to get to what that war was, he didn't know for sure that he'd be able to beat Esav. Now, there's many questions over here. Number one, Says, he fought with him till the morning star. And the, the Satan, the, the Malach of Esau saw that he could not win. No way. So he hit him in his groin. And he dislocated Yaakov's groin. When he was fighting with him. You already told me he was fighting with him. Of course that's when it happened. Why, why does the Pesach have to repeat this? Now, the question is, why does the Pesach have to use the word Vayyavek? Yavek does not mean to fight. Vayyavek means to kick up dust. It should say, Vayyilachem Yeshimo. And a man was fighting with him. An angel was fighting with him. What's the lesson of Vayyavek? Rashi says, Avek is Avek. Is Avek. Is Avek. Avek is dust. So, the Pesach says, he was left alone. They kicked up a lot of dust till the morning star. He saw he couldn't beat him. So he dislocated his thigh when he was kicking up a lot of dust. Now, if I was to come into this room, boys, and tell you, guys, you don't know what's going on out there, outside, over here. There are two guys, they're kicking up a lot of dust. You're like, Rebbe, what are you talking about? If I want to tell you that they're fighting, I'd be like, don't go outside right now. There are two guys beating each other to a pulp. They're killing each other. They're fighting with each other. I wouldn't come in here to report a fight and say, oh man, you guys, you guys shouldn't go out there. You know, there's a lot, these guys are kicking up dust. That sounds like slang. They were kicking up dust. Why, why is the Tyler saying they were kicking up dust? You think there was really dust over there? You think they were in a dust bowl? And it says that the dust, Reached all the way to the Kisar cover. There's no dust in this world that can reach Hashem's Kisar cover. If we had the, if we had a room full of dust and we were fighting in it, it'll go up 10 feet, 15 feet, the wind will blow it. It can't get to the Hashem's Kisar cover. So what does that mean? It got to the Kisar cover. Okay? Just a couple of questions. Now, um, why does it say twice? So now he tells him to give him a bracha. He gives him a bracha. Yaakov says to the Satan, what's your name? What are you asking me my name for? He gave a bracha and he left. Two questions. Number one, you find what he got whole night, you don't know his name? Now in the morning you're asking him his name? Don't you think you should have asked him that when you first started fighting? And you tell me Yaakov didn't know it was the Satan. Rashi knew, but he didn't. Rashi knew, Kodesh, that it was the Satan-ish. Oh, Yaakov didn't. Rashi knew, but Yaakov didn't know it was the Satan, right? Of course he knew. So if he knew that it was a satan, why is he asking, what's your name? He's God. Okay, so then, why, when he said, I'm not answering you, he let him go? Just do it. That's the trick Are you going back to my shirim backwards? <laughs> I appreciate that, but, but that's true, that was his answer, just do it. We'll explain that to everyone else who's listening so they could see it and, and hear it. But it seems to be there's a lot more going on in this fight than, than is apparent. So let me tell you about this fight and it's very connected to Hanukkah. 
happens to be that this parsha is always within the month of Kislev, <coughs> in the month of Hanukkah, there's a reason. So, let me tell you what's going on here. Yaakov was in Ishtam, Yeshiv Ha'am. Yaakov learned Torah. Yaakov loved Torah. The Satan knew that there's going to be Jews in Flatbush and Borough Park, Williamsburg and Lakewood, in Tufshin Ayin Zion and in 2016. He knew that till the end of the world there's going to be from people learning Torah. There's going to be a lot of kids off the deck, on the deck, but there's still going to be a lot of from people learning Torah. He knew that he couldn't. Why didn't he cry to chop him in the neck? If you can hit someone in the thigh, hit him in the neck, kill him. Why don't you kill him? Because he wasn't after Yaakov. He was after Yaakov's children. He was after you, and you, and you, and me. He saw that I'm not beating Yaakov. Yaakov's too, too stark. He says, but you know what? Before I leave, I'm going to take your children down. So he hit him in the groin. The groin is a, a representation of your children. How do we know that? Because Eliezer, Abraham Avinu made Eliezer swear on his groin, on his thigh. Why? Because it's, it's like swearing on your children. So, the Satan wasn't after Yaakov, the Satan was after his children. And that's why the Avak Ima. He said, what is Avak? Avak is dust. What does dust do? Dust makes things that are beautiful, shiny, dull. Painting, silver, jewelry, a nice wood table, right? Dust makes things dull. But your Avak Ish Ima. The Malach Esav said, I can't stop you from learning, but I'm going to make learning and tefillin and davening and Shabbos and Yantif not something beautiful, but something really dull. Boring. <coughs> Shabbos is boring. I need 20 magazines uh, to keep busy. I, I can't make it 26 hours. I'm going crazy. I need to get my iPhone back on. I, I, I can't. It's boring, right? So Sutton said, that's what I'm going to do. Dislocation, it's interesting. He didn't break his leg. He didn't break his leg. He knew he couldn't do that. Dislocation means that it's still in your body, the two joints. You just separated them. His objective was to dislocate Yaakov's children from Yiddishkeit. And he said, the best way for me to do that is not to come to them as a missionary, you know, be, be a Jews for Jesus, be a Seventh-day Adventist, you know. We're not, we're not, we're not going for that. You knock on my door and you want to be born again uh, Christian. Well, I'm not going for that. And there's something new that I'm not going. I'm not getting you that way. So, you know, I'm going to get. I'm going to get you in your own religion. I'm going to make everything that you do boring, dull, not beautiful, not shiny. And aren't we going through that, guys? Right? <laughs> I I um, asked a bunch of girls today. And for the last couple of weeks, and I'm doing this for years, to, 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 not to put their name on a paper, and to write two things that they think are beautiful in this world. I got flowers, art, poetry, sunrise, sunset, diamonds are beautiful, right? Thank you. I mean, the whole box, but, well, that won't be sneezing that much, right? Not one girl wrote, Torah, mitzvos, and nobody in this room would have written it either. Don't think you're like, oh, I would have written that. You wouldn't have written that. You would have wrote Ferrari, Lamborghini, 
Okay, that's cheating. You're a big, you're cheat, you're a big cheater. Don't show a picture of him. They're not going to go out with him. So we can't show a picture of him because he's cheating. So, you see it more and more, the, the, the excitement in, in Jewish, in, in, not in the kids, is an iPhone 7. Is a, is, a, is, a, is the newest Apple Apple stores? You, you, you get online like twenty thousand people online because that's what's beautiful. Technology is beautiful. A brand new phone with a nice gold holder, that's fine, right? A nice car, a nice house, pretty girl. I can't tell. I won't even tell you what guys wrote, right? So once Yiddishkeit is not beautiful to you in the end God won't be in the end there will be no God and that is the very big problem that we have today in in yeshivas in Torah is a subject nobody nobody would ever you know nobody would ever come out of a Gemara class and say Gemara is beautiful you know how it weaves things together and gematris and just the Torah you know like it's not like wow it's like I gotta do this I gotta put up tefillin there's one guy in Shurai Davin he kisses his tefillin maybe a hundred times before he, before he puts them on it's crazy a hundred times before he puts them on like, like wow older man he's in love with his tefillin it's beautiful to him and 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 that's the kayach. That's that's what he said. That's what he wanted to do to him. He said, "I'll dislocate your kids from Yiddishkeit. They won't go totally out because the bone when you dislocate it's still in the body, but it's not going to be connected. You can't walk. <coughs> your foot's dislocated, even though it's not broken. You can't walk until it gets popped in, and you same thing with your shoulder." He says, "I'm going to stop them from walking. I'm going to stop Yiddishkeit." And today, yeah, it's just it's just not a beautiful thing anymore. When I was growing up, Shabbos was beautiful. And all we had was Pirche with a Goldenberg's peanut chip. That was rock hard. I was like 10 years old. <laughs> that was it. It was great. Shabbos was beautiful. Nobody ever, no one ever said Shabbos was boring. Pesach, I was talking to, in, in Baropak, and I told the ladies, I said, you know, you like candles. Candles are supposed to be like a whole Gansa Maisa. You get down, your hair's dripping wet. You're five minutes into Shkia already, you know, before Shkia. You, 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 you're running, you don't know what you're doing. You're all, that, that's not how you light Shabbos candles. If Shabbos candles are beautiful, right, you prepare, you come ten minutes down before, you light ten minutes early, you say a little tehillim, you daven, you pray. You know, I said, how many of you think you look like the picture? You ever see that Lucas Nero's picture? There's a glow, there's a glow. The glow around the candles. The kids' faces are glowing, and she's glowing. It's angelic. Do me a favor. Check at home what it looks like right, with the lighting candles. There's nothing angelic about it. That's the problem. It's not. It's not beautiful. So, so it's just better get done. I got to be there. I gotta putting out filling on, off, davening. Got to do it. It's not. <coughs> you know, I always say by movies. Not that I've been by a movie in a very long time, but sugar the people at the end of the movie they watch the credits. 16th cameraman, 14th cameraman, wall hanger, right? People that are not important at all, right? But you're like, someone throw the movie, you can't leave, you can't leave. Until the screen is blank. You don't leave, because maybe they're going to have shorts, or maybe they're going to have comedy, and maybe, until it's blank, and the lights go on, it's over. You can't, you can't leave. 
You ever go to a, 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 a sports game, a, a, a playoff? The game is over, right? People are just standing there, just looking at the ice, just like, wow, our team won. Like, wow, it's like amazing. Like, nobody moves for like 10 minutes. Then everyone stops moving. No, we, don't, we don't treat our tefillah or our learning that way at all. Now, what does that have to do with um, Hanukkah? Because that's what the whole Hanukkah is about. The Greeks believed that physical is beauty, not spiritual. So Hercules, Zeus, Venus, their whole their whole mythology, their whole Greek empire was based on physical beauty. The 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 Olympics, how fast you are, how strong you are, how much you could lift, sculptured bodies, sculptured faces. They were very much into beauty. It's physical things. There's no beauty in spirituality. And they were very smart because they knew that the three things in Judaism that are beautiful, that make us different, is Shabbos. You ask any Balchuva, you know, how they got, they, they became Balchuva, not because they put on Tulum the first time, because they had a Shabbos. Shabbos is just, to an outsider, it's like the most amazing thing. Family sits together, singing music. Like people are like, wow, wish I had a Shabbos. And we like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me into the Cholim pot. Throw me into the Cholim pot with the Kishka. As fast as you can. Get me out of Shul. We start at 8.30. We finish a quarter to 10. <laughs> wow. With a sheer. Whoa. I'm proud of it. What are you proud about it? Balkaira. We have the fastest Balkaira in the world. So that's, that's, that's why they put, uh, Trump. You should sing it. It should sound like a song. And you guys, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's like, oh, we're out of here. We're at, what, wait, what's the word? It's, it's, it's not beautiful. Go after davening tomorrow. Ask so davening today, you felt that it was beautiful? It was pure, it was clean, it was great, it was amazing? It was davening, yeah. So, the Yuvanim own beauty, you know that? You know why they own beauty? So I'll read your Pasuk, Pashas Noach. I'll tell you why. They do own beauty. Western civilization. Models, Paris... <laughs> Here's what he says. So when, when um, Noah came out of the Teva, Vela told us, "Menei Noah, Shem, Cham, and Yafes." Right? Three children. Yafes. Who are the children of Yafes? Gomer, Gomer pile, Umagog, Magog, Umadai, Persia, the Yavan. Yavan was the son of Yefes. Yavan was, is, is Greek. Yefes is beauty. So Greeks came from Yefes, came from beauty. Now, they got a bracha. They got a bracha. The bracha that he gave Yefes was, Yaftelukim Yefes. God should give beauty to Yefes. The, the Greeks got a bracha, Western civilization. Biyishkom, but his beauty should live ba'alei shame. In the house of shame. What does that mean? The Greeks who live in a house, that's assimilation. No. Beauty. The concept of beauty should live in the house of shame of Torah and mitzvahs and Yiddishkeit. So Noah gave a bracha, Yephes is beauty, but you should live beauty just like the Greeks have the perfect body and Hercules and all these people. We should have beauty in our ahalei shame. Torah should be as beautiful 
as the most beautiful, beautiful. <coughs> that was the brachas. Yefes is beauty, and that was the Greeks. And the Greeks held they didn't. They didn't care if you put on tefillin. They didn't care if you wore a yarmulke. They didn't care if you put on tzitzis. <laughs> didn't bother them. What bothered them was Shabbos because Shabbos is beautiful. Rosh Chodesh and and Mila is purity. You didn't want the Jews to have beauty and purity in their religion. You you want to wear tefillin, wear tefillin. You want to eat kosher, eat kosher. You want to eat matzah, eat matzah. On Pesach, we don't have a problem with that. We don't want you to have Yiddishkeit as being beautiful. And oh boy, they, I, I, I'm speaking to the Shabbos. They didn't lose. They won. We're not. We don't find what we do beautiful. We find we have to do it. But you know, yeah, sure. People who really learn Tyra, they do find it beautiful. A Tyra, a Sakasha, uh, um, a Gamatria, an answer to a question, a werewolf, like stuff like that. You know. So so um, there's a lot of beauty in the Tyra. It's a shame. It's a shame. If you really learn Torah, you really get you really get close to Hashem. There's there's a lot of beauty in spirituality. We just don't see it. They're, the world doesn't look at it that way. They're, first of all, they're anti spirituality, but the Greeks for sure were anti that. So, so what he did, ay ay ay, what he did is he dislocated Yaakov thigh. He dislocated his children from from Yiddishkeit being beautiful. It was full of dust. Now. The funny part about it is that Yaakov went back to get the Pach Tanim, and the Pach Katan that he went back to get was the jar of oil that he found when he woke up, which was the pure jar of oil that he brings out had the had the Kain Gadol's seal, and that pure bottle of oil was what brought purity to Hanukkah to Klai Yisrael. So as the Sultan was fighting with him, laying right next to them, what he came back for was the purity that would bring the Jewish nation back to purity. So the medicine was sitting there on the floor while the Sultan was fighting with him. So yeah, the, 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 the Rafua was before the Makkah, the Rafua was there before the fight. They asked, why didn't the Sultan start up an Avram and Yitzhak, why Yaakov? He says, because he wasn't worried about Avram and Yitzhak. Avram was chesed. You want to do chesed? Okay. You want to do gvura? You want to be gvura? Okay. But Yaakov was Torah. And once we started learning Torah, that's when he says he's, he, he realized he was in trouble. He went after Torah. Now, okay, so we, I think we have very straight and clear that this fight was avak and he was trying to put dust all over our mitzvahs and he's telling, he knew that if he gets us to not be, feel that what we do is beautiful, and in the end, we're going to become atheists. We're going to totally lose everything. Now, <coughs> let's go to Hanukkah. So, if you go to the if you go to the um, Alanisim on Hanukkah, right? It says the following: in the days of Yadzis the Yavan Harusha tried to take away the Torah, and you, you we had this crazy war. Raftas Rivam, Dantas Dinam. You, you gave the Giborim Yachaloshim, the Rami Ameyatim, the Rami Yachaloshim, the Rami Yachaloshim, the Zaydim Yachaloshim, so so far I don't see anything in here that has anything to do with Neiris Hanukkah, right? So far. War, war, war. And you made a big name in the world. And you saved us before we came with that. It didn't, we're at the bottom now. I still didn't talk about that candles. Oh! Ah! Oh! 
So we're talking about the candles. Here we go. The miracle. They came to your house to clean it up. They cleaned it. They turned it over. They cleaned up the whole hechol. They tear with me to shechol. They made it pure. And they lit the candles in the chatzah. You see any mention of miracles? That the candles supposed to last one day and lasted eight days. You don't say one word. In, and then we said, Halel. Doesn't say one word in Alan Isim about the miracle that we celebrate Hanukkah for. What's going on over here? It only talks about the war. If that's the case, we should put a big Maccabee, bigger than their Santa Claus. Huge Maccabee in the front lawn with a big, with a big sword and a big shield and a big, you have one? No, there's one twelve. What? It's one like 13 to 14. What, Maccabee? Are you sure it's a Maccabee? Well, check it out. East 12th and what? Okay, but anyway, we don't normally have that, right? So, so we don't, we're not, we're, and it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing because the holiday is called Hanukkah. Hanukkah is Hanukkah Fe. It has nothing to do with the candles. It has to do with the war. So what's, what's the, what's the main thing of Hanukkah? So if you ask any kid, he'll tell you. It's the, the candles was the last one day, lasted eight days. What, what, what do you celebrate on Hanukkah? What do you do? You eat lakas which are full of oil, remember the menorah, right? And you put a menorah in the window, remember the menorah. You don't do anything to remember the war. Nothing, zero. But in, but in, but in, in, in Alanisim, it doesn't say one word about the miracle of the candles. And it talks about that they lit the menorah. It doesn't, it's, it's, they left it out on purpose. Once you, once you, you're talking only about the war, okay, but now you're talking about they lit the candles in the chutzah, and it was supposed to last for one day, and it lasted eight days. No, it doesn't say that. So it's like you left it out on purpose. Why would you leave it out on purpose? Right? No, you take an answer. Bomb. Bomb answer. The answer is as follows. Really, we didn't need a miracle at all. And God doesn't do miracles unless you need them. Because there's a halacha, which means if most of Kleistral is Tameh, then you could use things that are Tameh. And at that time, since we didn't have a Paraduma, right, because we, we didn't have the base of Megdash, and the men went to war, every, everybody was Tameh. So, means that you could use the oil that was, the seal was broken. Which brings us to another question. Imagine us guys were Greek soldiers. We got into the base of Megdash and there are cans of oil. What would you do? No, you crack them open and pour them out. You wouldn't leave the oil there. You'd pour them out. No, they didn't pour them out. They broke the seal and they walked away. They didn't pour them out. If I was conquered, pour them all out. A big party, pouring party. Pour out all the oil. They didn't pour out any oil. They didn't pour the oil out. They just broke the seal. What was this war about? What was going on here? Purity. They, Greeks, were anti the purity of Yiddishkeit and the beauty of Yiddishkeit. They knew if they could destroy that, we will get into the beauty of a Maserati, the beauty of a body, the beauty of Chitzanias. That was their fight. The oil, once they broke the seal, it was Tame, they're like, use it. You could use it. It's not pure. You could use it. Something that's not pure, you could use it. Use it. Light your candles. Light your big menorah. Who cares? <coughs> but pure oil? 
No way, because that'll bring the Jews back to God. No, no purity, no purity. So they cracked them open. They didn't pour them out. Now the pure oil, the cod that was pure, was the oil that woke up from Yaakov Avinu, who learned Torah and needed that oil just to learn Torah. So it showed he had an excuse. It's dark. I don't have to learn. It's dark, right? If, if you're learning Torah because you have to, right? And now this guy took everything away from you, and you're on the run, and it's dark at night. It's like Hashem. It's dark. I can't learn right now. It's sort of like when I don't when I'm not here to give the shear, and you guys don't show up. So it's not it's not that you learn you love to learn. You love to learn. What's it? This Wallerstein Lamb. Nobody's here. You learn the Chavrusa. The minute I get the email and are you coming? And I say no. There's one guy that shows up or two guys that show up. That means that the other guys they don't love learning. If you love learning, you come anyway. So it's not that you love learning. It's like I like his share. I don't love learning. I don't think it's beautiful. Who's beautiful? Who cares? Who's, if I have diamonds, you care? Who's giving you the diamonds? What's the difference? If I'm giving out diamonds or someone else is giving out diamonds, so you sort of sometimes. I was I was also a guy, right? And I even when I was a rebbe, I was looking forward to snow days. <clears throat> when you know the school would call up and say, Rabbi, there's no snow today. I wouldn't be like, Come on. I gotta learn my guys. It's so beautiful. I'm gonna miss out. I'm like, yes. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> got a day off. Because it's not beautiful to you. But Yaakov had an excuse. And he went and prepared that I don't want an excuse. I love to learn. What am I gonna do at night? It's the middle of the night. They didn't have lights in those days. So he prepared. So, so his, his preparation of that oil was from a pure place. So that oil was always pure. And once something is very pure, Hashem can make Nisim with it. And that's why it had Nisim with it. The Greeks, they were anti-purity. Now, let's take a look at Klaish. Let's take a look at Klaishol. After the war, right? After the war, let's just go light the menorah. Right? But, no. The Chashmanaim said... No Jews were not using Tumahutra even though we're allowed to. So, so the Alanisim specifically says that right after they won the war, for Achakain, right, they're coming back from the war, not to light the, not to light the menorah, they came first and said, no, we have to make this place clean. We have to clean everything out. This place has to be no dust. This place has to be beautiful. To be shiny, the tea was made to shech and has to be tar. Then they went to light the candles. The miracle of the candles was forced on God. Because Hashem doesn't make a miracle unless you need it. We didn't need it. We could have lit, we could have lit in Tomah Hutra But once we came into the base Hamigdash, and the first thing we did is, no, I don't, I don't want to use that oil. We're cleaning this place up. We're going to look to find pure oil. We're not using the easy excuse. Rebbe's not here. I'm not coming to shear. I'm not driving from the mountains for some other guy giving a shear. What's the difference? It's the same Tyra. No, I got an excuse not to show up. So I'm going to use it. Right? So here, they were, they were the opposite. They were like, we could use, just, we have to go search now? They cleaned the place out. They made it pure. And they say, now, Hashem, we made this pure. What we're going to give you to break. You guys have to understand this very deep. They came out of a Greek empire. They came out of assimilation. They came out of a world of, of physical beauty. And they understood that the only way to break where they came from, that 
they shouldn't have any of the, the Greek left in them, was if we're going to settle for something that's not pure, that's what the Greeks were all about. We don't want Jews to have purity. We don't want them to be shining. We don't want them to be beautiful. So when they came into the base of Midrash, they're like, no, we're feeding into them if we use clean it out, get it shiny, get it beautiful, no dust. Now we're going to go find some oil. We're going to give God clean burning oil, even if it's for 10 minutes. If God wants to do a miracle, it's fine. But if he doesn't, it's also fine. But we're going to give him something pure. <coughs> Hashem said, that's what you're going to do? You're going to go and look and look and clean till you give me something pure? Now you're giving me a keli to make a miracle. How could I, if you come to me, right, and you're bringing this purity, how could I not make it last for eight days? How could I not show you that I that that the love you just showed me that I'm that I'm giving it back to you. So we forced Hashem's hands. So Hashem's very proud of us. He's very happy that we did that. So he says, "I made a miracle that the giants that you beat the giants, but what did you do for that? You were my sinefish as you went out to fight, but you guys wanted to give me something pure that I'm going to make that pure thing last." Until the new pure oil came. In other words, you took that step, so now it's going to last for eight days. It took them eight days to make pure oil, and you'll never have to use impure oil. So when we say al the nace, it's not the nace of the eight days that we caused. The nace, the nace, what we caused is because we came into the base of and cleaned it and searched and made sure that that we were giving to us. That's what we say in Alanisim. That's the, that is the point of what Hanukkah really is. And that's why, even though we, we beat the Greek Empire, which is nuts, a little band of nothing, the Greek Empire was the empire of the world. It, it, it's, it's like, I want to give you a comparison. The Philippines went to war, little teeny Philippines went to war with the United States and wiped, us, wiped them out. <laughs> they don't even have a navy. Where was I just now? They don't even have an army. Last year in um, <coughs> Costa Rica doesn't have an army. No navy, no air force, no soldiers. No, no, Costa Rica doesn't have an army. So imagine Costa Rica with bows and arrows went against the United States. Big, right? So that's what happened over here. That's not what this is about. This is about Kaisro fighting for purity. This is the fight between Yaakov and and Esau's Malach. Esau's Malach said, I'm going to make it dusty. I'm going to dislocate them through the no beauty of Yiddishkeit. And Hanukkah, we came back and we said, no, we don't accept anything dusty. It's bright and it's shiny and that's why the Menorah goes on the window because Hashem wants the whole world to see my children didn't settle for second best. And therefore, I did a miracle for them. And therefore, it's upon us all to take on something on Hanukkah that a mitzvah that is 100% pure could be a little mitzvah could be your tefillin not to talk in tefillin <coughs> could be uh, making Shabbos five minutes before anything that you do you, to get Hashem to do a miracle for you you have to give him a keli you have to give him something pure 
the famous story in, in the Gemara about this guy who learned Mesechtas Chagiga, and then uh, over and over and over, and then when he died, there was a lady dressed in black who followed, and they asked who you are, and she said, I'm Mesechtas Chagiga. He owned it. That was his Mesechta. Some people give it a aim. Whatever it is, Hanukkah, you have to look at the candles and you have to say, Hashem, what could I give you that, that, is, that it's pure, there's no dust, I, it's beautiful. It's my, it's my beautiful mitzvah. I have a mitzvah that's beautiful. And when I do it, it's pure. I don't miss it. I'm working very hard on my Tulibismana. I came in Kippur and said, I gotta work on this, because I dive in my I dive in Meir right after Mincha sometimes. I dive in Mincha an hour after, in Satmar an hour after Shkia. I dive in sometimes Shachris past. It's my Kriyashma, I say Kriyashma at home. So I was, I was, I was like sitting on Kippur and I was like saying to myself, you, you, you do it because you have to. So if you, it happens to be an hour after Shkia, it's not something you look forward to. It's something you look forward to and you do it every day at the same time. Right? Lunch, supper you don't eat at 12.30 and then 11 o'clock and then, right? So, so, I looked at myself and I said, you know what? You're going through the motions. So if I catch a mincha an hour later, if I catch a mincha an hour later, I'll catch a mincha an hour later. So my, and my minchas were all over the place. My shakras was 9.30, 7 o'clock. So it's like, whenever you feel like davening, you daven. I'm like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta change that. I gotta make sure that I daven before my kriyishma and minchas before shkia and my after tzayseke chavim. I wanna, I wanna make it something that I enjoy. That I look forward to. Not just, blah, 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 just let me get it done. Whenever the time comes out, I'll do it. No. So far, so good. Florida was a little tough. Because the mincha was mamish lababish down one minute before shkia, but as long as you start shkia, whatever it is. So I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to change something to make it more beautiful to me, more precious to me, more shiny to me. You can pick anything. It doesn't matter whether it's chillin' or tzitzis, yeah. Quick question. What happens if you take on a commitment like that, and then something comes up that's really important, like whatever? It could be business related. It could be helping relatives. What do you do at that point? You feel like a hypocrite a little bit. So you, the business doesn't push it away. So do you have. I have a big meeting tomorrow. I happen to have a big meeting. Mr. Hashem, give me a bracha to be successful. The meeting I I to- I told, but I have a big meeting tomorrow. I totally. Work the me- the meeting at a time that I know I can make mincha before um, before the meeting. They wanted me to, they wanted me to come at twelve, and I can't. I'm, I have to, I'd have to leave to the city eleven thirty, and I could get caught there for four hours, and I'm going to be in big trouble. So I said I cannot come till three. That's what I'm saying. Like, I changed I changed the meeting. Like, changed the meeting. Traffic. You can't be a, a, a shaita if someone needs you to help them. Then that's more important. So how do you decide? That's what I'm saying. You know if it's more. No, I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about if someone needs your help, and that's more important. If I'm about to go to that mincha, it's a quarter to four, and she gets at four thirty. I get a call, a girl in the hospital, a girl, whatever it is, and I know that I'm going to end up there till five o'clock, and I'm going to have to dive in an hour after shkia and Sherman Shabbos downstairs. It's not. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's like, yes, I, I really want to do the right thing, but it's, it's an emergency. I have to go. You can't get crazy. Like any kind of no, I have to go to California on Thursday. I figured out that I could down in Shachris and make the plane, and I, I worked it out. I, I could have taken an earlier or later plane. I worked it out that I that I, that I could land before Mincha there, leave after Shachris here, whatever. But that I would do anyway, Minion. But you know, there were times I'd down Minion Shachris eleven thirty. 
because of situations, whatever. Now, it's even more mockery. I'm not saying you have to do what I'm doing. You have to do minion. Everyone has to pick. You know, you never wore tzitzes. I'm going to wear tzitzes now. From now on, that's my mitzvah. I haven't, I'll tell you, I have a friend that as kids, this guy was way off. But he always wore tzitzes. And I even said to him, you don't keep shops. Why are you wearing tzitzes? Your tzitzes, you go into a trade restaurant, your tzitzes are crying. They're like, get me out of here. Like, I'm covering your body while the cheese and the meat are going all right. He would not, he always wore tzitzes. Today, he's more from than I am. He has mitzvah. You have your mitzvah. And then Hashem, from that mitzvah, he makes miracles. That's the keli. you got to give something pure. It was a small pach, but it was pure. got to give Hashem something pure. And, and you, and you gotta try to enjoy, you have to fight this Yetzirah that makes our, our Yiddishkeit dull. Okay. I wanna, um, and that's, that's what, that's Hanukkah. You have to work on it on Hanukkah. You have to work on Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah is the last day of Hanukkah is like, that's it. It's your last chance. Your books are open. That's it. You know, it starts with Shoshana, then it goes to Yom Kippur, then it goes to Shoshana Rabbah, and the last time your books are open is Zeis Hanukkah. That's it. After that, there ain't no more books open. Never what? Never the books are not open. It's much harder to get the books open. It's much more work. It's much more work. It's much more work. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's much more work. <coughs> there are certain times that are set aside for Rachamim, for Tefillah. So that, that's, I think, something that we all need to work on Hanukkah. I, you know. The, I was teaching the ladies tonight, and they're like, "The school system is so boring. It's so, it's so, it is. It's so Greek. It's competition. Greek, Greek is about competition, and 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 the whole Olympics is about you have all these runners, and you have one winner, and everybody's a loser. There's one shining, and the rest are, and and it's based on competition. Today, the world that we live in, America." is based on Greek, on, on Western civilization, is based on the Greek empire. It's all about competition. Competition in how you look, competition in how your wife looks, competition in how much money you're making, competition on your house, competition on your car, competition in yeshiva, if you're the brightest and the best, and you're going to get the shidduch on your resume, competition what yeshiva you go to, it's all competition. What mark you got on your test? What? So that, that's, Judaism has no competition in it. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah you have to win. Nowhere! You have to win. There was one time in the Gemara and it says that the, the, the Kahanim raced up the ramp. That was how you got to, right? And they did it one time and they came and pushed the other one off and he flipped down and he broke his leg. And he was done. He, was, he, he had a mum. This is not who we are. By us, it's the opposite. The Greece held, you can work and you can try. And they went into the amphitheater and they, they had Spartacus and they, they fought with each other and they killed each other and then there was a winner and then he killed the next one and, and that's how they, they had the gladiators. <laughs> that was all about physical strength and a winner and a loser. The loser happened to be dead. But there was a loser and a winner and today our generation is totally loser-winner. Totally competition and should have never, never have crawled into Judaism and it has crawled into Judaism and it is a monster. A monster. We are Western civilization. Yefes is in the Ohole shame, but not the way Noah gave us the bracha. He crawled into the, the, the sitting class, this one's a 90, this one's a 95. What? What does it mean you got a 95 on Chumash? What does it mean? What does it mean? Moshe Benu brought down a Torah, he brought down a subject? 
without a book. That's what he put. What does that mean? You have ninety five chumash. It means ninety five percent of the chumash you keep, or, or the guy got seventy five. Only seventy five percent of the Torah you keep. Like, what does that mean? How do you mock Tyra? Because it's to memorize. So he has a better memory than me. So what? So he's he's better than me. He has one hundred forty five IQ, and I have a ninety five IQ. So are you teaching me the same thing and giving me the same tests as him? How is that? How, how does that work? That's the that's the system. That's the Greek system. 25 kids in a class. Everyone has a different IQ. Everyone has a different memory. One guy has a dysfunctional home. Parents are throwing things at each other before he leaves the school. Right? He has no food. He's schlumpy. His mother's depressed. He doesn't have any laundry. He's filthy. He smells. He never took a shower. Next thing he comes to school, pristine. His sandwiches are made. He's got a soda. Family. Mother's telling her husband when he leaves, I love you. The parents are saying, I love you. Kids walking on the bus, he's in heaven, everything's great. Put him in the same class, I'm teaching him the same thing as the poor kid who's thinking, when I come home, my father will never be back. Because he said to my mother on the way out, I'm not coming back. And I'm teaching them the same thing, and then I'm giving a test on the same thing. What are you, crazy? How is that, how's that supposed to work? How does that work? So it's not working. So kids are falling out, and the, and the good kids are burning out. I had a kid today, learned to leave brain fried. Now he doesn't do anything. Let's keep one mitzvah. What, what, what are we doing? This is what this is what the Sultan wanted. This is the fight. This is what we became. There's no way that should, anyone should ever get a mark on Tyra. Moshe Beno didn't test Israel. Who ever tested Israel on Tyra? The Gemara never had a test. Oh, this one. Rava had a machlech with Abaya. We listen to Rava. You know why? Because he got a ninety-nine and Abaya got a ninety-four. Well, it's nonsense. Nonsense. The Gemara would have failed big time. Because many times they have a question and they don't have an answer. Zero. My teacher reading zero. Take him. Wait till Mashiach comes. What do you mean you don't have an answer? Failure. Get out. You weren't listening. How can the Gemara say? I don't know how many times it says. Take him. Teach me your terrorist You don't know an answer? How can you be in my yeshiva? In base Hillel. You don't know an answer? What's take him? God forbid you say today you don't know the answer. Imagine you, Rebbe, asked you a question. Try this out, right? Rebbe asked you a question. You're like, uh, when Mashiach comes, I'll give you the answer. <laughs> you're gone, baby. Gone. When Mashiach comes, I'll let you know. Yeah? Out. You can come back to school when Mashiach comes. But the Gemara says it all the time. And there's no problem with it. It's not a competition. We went in competition. It's a very big problem. And, and this is what we have today, and it's we're losing the battle. It's not beautiful, man. It's just not beautiful. Yiddishkeit's not beautiful. We need to bring back the beauty. And, and and in a world of beauty, in a world of beauty, if something's not beautiful, our generation's not interested in it. One hundred percent. I think I think that we are. Trump said, "What make America what?" Make it a great again. We should we should start a new movement. J- Yiddishkeit, Judaism. Make Judaism beautiful, beautiful again. One hundred percent. We lost the beauty of Pesach. We lost the be- beauty of Shavuos. We lost the, be- the beauty of Purim. This year, I gave up. You know, I- I'm not any better than anyone else. But you know, my mother-in-law was telling me that in Europe, Purim, they, they they two weeks before Purim, they were baking like crazy. The whole town smelled because they baked cakes. When they didn't buy stuff, they baked food. They cooked food and baked food, and they gave it to each other. Today, what do you do? You go to the store. You go to 
What? You don't have to bake anything anymore. There was no such thing as a bakery that made chalas for them. God forbid, they would never buy it. It's like, goyim. They would never buy chalas. You bake chalas. Of course it's good. It's not about whether it tastes good. It's not what it's about. When you grow up in a home and your house smells from challah and your mother's making challah and her hands are in the dough, you, you, you just brought up differently. Just look at it differently. I listen, I'm, I'm to blame. I have a Pesach program. Hello. Great. Wallace, what are you talking about? But you know what I have to tell you? The one thing that we do, that I do, Pesach, my, my father's Seder, until he died, I, I never went to another Seder but my father's Seder. Ever. Not to my father-in-law, nowhere. I sat by his Seder till he died. And the Seder was so beautiful. The silver and everything was so beautiful. And we had this mini. And, and I do it to today because it wasn't just Pesach. So so the, 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 the Maror, we used to, as the kids, we used to make, before we got to, the, we didn't go to the table, we went to the kitchen. We, we took the Maror, the root, and we ground it. And when you grind mara, it goes up your nose and into your eyes and your mama's tears are running down your eye. While you're grinding it, you breathe it in, your tears are running down your eyes. And my father used to say, when you're doing it and you're tearing, say to Hashem that if I have to cry this year, this should be the only tears I cry. I said that since I'm seven. I'm 60, I still say it. It's, it's something special. So when I made the Pesach program, I said to the person who was running the program, the, the day camp, I said... Erev Pesach, I need the kids for three hours, just me and them. And I got these hundreds of kids, and we're outside, and each guy gets a bowl. Seriously, each kid gets a grinder, and everyone grinds their own mara. And I tell them, when you cry, tell Hashem that if I have to cry this year, this should be the only crying, and they love it. And then we make charoses. And the parents who came from other programs are like, nobody does this. You know, you, you get the charoses, and I'm like, that's true, no one does that, but I do it. You know why? Because I had a father that Pesach was beautiful. Not you go to a supermarket and buy salt water for 99 cents. You make the salt water, you make the carapace, you build the sukkah. Even sukkahs lost a lot because of these, these sukkahs. Sorry. You myself built the sukkah, he was there. You take mats and you unroll them. Do you know what it took to put tzach on the top of my sukkah? They were all bamboo, single bamboos. So you had to carry from the basement all these bamboos on your shoulder. There was no mats. And you put each one, one at a time. You got bamboo splinters in your hand, which are very painful. Right? But when you finished, you put up all the bamboo. It's not, roll the mat, roll the mat, roll the mat. Goodbye. It's fast and it's easy. It doesn't smell. The mats don't smell like the bamboo used to smell. It's just different. Everything's different. You know, Purim was a disaster. I sent out, I bought 10 shlachmonas, 9 shlachmonas, I sent it out. At the end of the day, I got it back with someone else's name. I wrote to my friend Lipschitz, then he said, he just took out the card, put his card in, sent it to my next friend, sent it by the end of the poem, I got it back. I'm like, that's mine, I made a little mark on the bottom to see. Said, you didn't give me that, you didn't buy that, that's mine, it just went around town. It's not, it has no, and guys, and whoever's watching, do me a favor. Don't send me a card on Purim. Get cards on Purim. This is instead of Shlachmanas. We donated $18 to Taim Cheshavas. I don't care. I don't want your card. I can't eat your card. I like food. Shlachmanas is food. Who came up with a card for $18? It's not Shlachmanas. They're so lazy, they can't even send me a little bottle of wine with an apple. They mail a card. 
Tzadikim. Don't, 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 don't be a tzadik on my back. You want to give tzadaka, give tzadaka. You want to give me shlach manas, give me shlach manas. Don't send me a card. Who wants to do anything? It's not beautiful. It's not beautiful. It's ugly. I just want to get it over with. I want to be yaitzah. Let's get finished. Shabbos, earliest man, out of here. Where are you going? I don't know. You go to the mo- I don't go to movies anymore. You go to the ice cream store? I don't eat ice cream. You go to the pizza store? You just stuffed your face for the last, the whole day. Like, what? The children's still hanging. Where are you going to put the pizza? The kishka's away up to your, to your neck. Where are you going to put the pizza? No, I'm not going anywhere. So, why'd you run out of shul? Why'd you do the earliest mom? Why'd you stay an hour after Shkia? I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. I gotta take a shower. So it's not beautiful. You hate it. You're just doing it. And, and Yavan won. And, and the Malachi said one, because guess what? That person one day won't be religious at all. Because after a while, you just don't want to do things that aren't beautiful. You just don't want to do things that are ugly. So you get drunk on Shabbos. So, you know, ugly girl, you drink enough, she looks beautiful. So Shabbos, you drink enough, you can get, I can make it! You know, jet blue, this, that, I go to that house, this, that, that, I can, okay, I'm drunk, so now I can get through Shabbos. So what? So, that, 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 so the Malach said, you know what? You do that, the dust will reach the Kisei covered. So you gotta find something. Boys, you gotta find something. Everyone that's listening out there, you gotta find something in Yiddishkeit. I don't know. Out of 613 minutes, you gotta find something that you're just gonna do pure. Besimcha. One thing. You have that, Hashem can make that end up becoming, you become, you become the God of if you don't have anything that's pure, it's all tumahutra b'tzibor, then there's no keli for Hashem. doesn't have to do a miracle. We forced the miracle. I don't know if you understand that. We forced his hand. He had no choice. Because if we came and we gave Hashem purity like that, and we were willing, we all stood there and we said, we're using this one can. One day of purity is worth more than eight days of impurity. So we showed Hashem how much we love him. So Hashem's like, what, are you going to sit there and not give us eight days? So we get it day day. We forced it. We did it. The chef says, I want the world to know what you did. Put it in your window. Make sure the people in the street see it. But you know what? It's not for the Goyim. Do you know anything about that? Pasumenisa. You think it's for the Goyim? It's not for the Goyim in the street to see the menorah. It's for the Jews to see the menorah. Why do the Jews have to see the menorah? They see the menorah in their, in their, own, in their own house. And the answer is, we're showing off to everyone that we, the Jews... When it came to Hanukkah, we didn't settle for second best. Only the best for God. Is that, is that how we, is that how we feel, boys? Is that how we treat Hashem? Only the best spirits to learn for God. Only the best mezuzah for God. Only the best spirits it is. When I do a mitzvah, I'm going to do it with all my heart. Only the best for God. That's what they did for Hashem. Hashem said, that's what you're going to, that's what you're doing for me? So we write in our Nisim, not about the eight days. We write about them cleaning and making tahar the 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 Beit Hamikdash because that caused the miracle, not the oil. That's what caused the miracle. That was the big machlekes, and we're going to get into next week the But that was the big machlekes between Yaakov and the Malach of Esav, and in the end, the Malach of Esav dislocated us. And the Zayah says that when it says the, the, the sun came out, the, the morning star, uh, the sun came out early that day, Hashem made it come out early, the sun never comes out early, came out early to heal him, that Zerach Hashem is, is another expression for Mashiach. 
that when Mashiach comes, the dislocation will be popped back into place. And class will be able to walk again. That, that has to be the focus on Hanukkah. Okay, I just want to tell you very fast, how many minutes are we in? Okay, four minutes. Now I want to tell you something beautiful on this week's Pasha. I, love, I mean, I could talk all night, you know, on this Pasha. Um, I'll tell you a crazy story. And a beautiful shot. So, so they came to Yaakov and they said, they said, um, they said, the, they, they took the Xenus Pasim, right? The Xenus Pasim, and they dipped it in blood, and they showed it to Yaakov. Now, I remember I told you about Yemoy and Yaakov Lisnachim, he said, I'm not giving up on my son. He brings a reason why he didn't give up. What was the Xenus Pasim? beautiful. What was the Xenus Pasim? Where did it come from? So he brings down that the Xenus Pasim was the clothing that Hashem made for Adam, by Yasloi Kusnas Ar, that that was the Xenus Pasim, and somehow, Yaakov got it. Now, what was the greatness, boys, of the Xenish Pasim? Why did Esav, why did Nimrod, why did everybody want it? Because when you wore it, all the animals served you and were scared of you, right? And, and you, you had a crazy crack over the animal, so they could walk up to the animal and kill it and hunt it. But no animal would ever hurt you. Said Yaakov Avina, one second. You're, you're, you're telling me it's beautiful I never saw this before you're telling me that his, the excited possum is full of blood a wild animal ripped him apart excited possum can't a wild animal can't rip someone apart with wearing excited possum whoever's wearing excited possum is protected from that so you're lying I know this isn't true so why did they do it they didn't really no they did not know that they did not know that. Yaakov Avinu knew what, the, what it was. They did not know it. So listen to this. Did he assume they killed him? What? Did they assume they could have killed him then? No. No, he didn't think they killed him. No, he didn't think they killed him. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, before I tell you that, I want to I just tell you something. Just really fast. This is like, this is from my Seifo, It's a Place I Tell You, which I love. This is amazing. Listen to this. You know the saying, everybody. This is, this is like brilliant stuff. You know the saying that one parent can take care of a hundred kids, but a hundred kids can't take care of one parent. Now the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says that in the middle of the night, a father is crawling into a, into a son's house, right? And the son's scared that the father is coming to kill him. The son's not allowed to kill him. Why? Because the father has rachman on his child. But if a son is coming to, in, the, in the night, and the father thinks the son is coming to kill him, the, the father, if he kills him, is putter. Why? Because the son could kill his father. He doesn't have the rachamim. So we know that parents, there's nothing to talk about. Parents love their children more than their children love their parents. It's just a fact. So he asks why. Why do parents love their children more than children love their parents? Listen to this. The first man was created. He didn't have a father. He wasn't born from a woman. He was created from the ground. Hashem didn't give him the emotions to love a father because he didn't have a father. It's not in the nature of a human being. Great love from a child to a parent. But Adam Arishan had children. Hashem had to give him the special emotions of love to his children because he had children. But since Adam never had a father, Hashem never gave him that. 
rickshay of, of love. And therefore, a father loves his children more than a child loves his father. He's brilliant. Okay. He said, that's why you don't, listen to this, that's why he said there's no mitzvah of kibbutz, a father, yeah, spiritual DNA, a father doesn't have a mitzvah of, of kibbutz his children because he naturally loves his children. But a child has to have that mitzvah because naturally he doesn't have that because it wasn't put into the teva. Because Hashem said, well, I'm gonna, he doesn't have a father. So I'm not giving him that teva. Okay? That's one. Now, Tzadis Pashim, Pashim. She Yaakov that was It had a crazy value, and therefore the brothers were a little bit jealous. So he asked like this: Levar, who is this from? The Berhetav, Loma me and Yaakov. There's nothing. How come Yaakov refused the comfort of? The death of Yosef, He says, I wrote you, says, When a person wore that clothing that Hashem made, the animals would come and bow down to him. That's why Yaakov refused to give up. In, in, in the blood of a sawyer. That, that he should think that a, a, a wild animal ate him. He didn't believe them. He knew the secret of the Ksayin He wasn't. He wasn't bimanachem. Okay. Last story with a with a, a, a wolf in this week's parsha. Not binyamin, but a real wolf. Listen to this. <coughs> The, the Sefer Hayasha will end with this. Mover Adav and Niflam In the Sefer Hayasha, in Pashat Yeshev, he says something amazing. Sha'acha Shevio Hashvatim Yaakov was like Sardis Apostim Shiyazu Tolu Badam. After they brought him the thing dipped in blood, Oma Yaakov, Sardis Binichai Rachel Sua. So, they, 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 Yaakov said, did a, did a wild animal, um, eat my child? Tiba Yaakov Levadav Shiyazu Sadevio loves the Chai Rishan Hashim. So, Yaakov said, go out and find the animal. Find the animal that killed my child. Maybe the, the animal you're going to find is the one that ripped up Yosef. They went out. They took their swords and their bows and arrows. And they went into the desert. And there was a wolf coming towards them. They captured him and they brought him to their father. They said to their father, this was the first animal we found. Now they knew he didn't do it because they knew that they, he, they knew they sold him, but they wanted to fool their father. And we brought him to you. So he took Yaakov took the wolf. and he screamed at him with a bitter heart. Why did you eat Yosef, my son? Why weren't you scared of God? You know, Yaakov was talking to an animal. And Al Yosef Bini and the sorrow, the pain that I'm going through. Why didn't you care about my pain? You just ate him for no reason. And the wolf began to talk. Now you're all going to say the only animal that ever talked was a donkey to Billah. Wait. The, 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 the wolf opened his mouth. In order to comfort Yaakov, Vayomer, 
He said, Chayalokim, I swear by God, Hashibarani Ba'aretz, that created me and the earth. Long live my master. I never saw your son. I never ripped him up. I'm actually coming from a very faraway land. I'm looking for my son, said the wolf. You lost your son. I lost my son. He said, I came here to look for my son who's missing for 12 days. I don't know where he is. Is he dead? Is he alive? I came to the field. And then your sons found me. They captured me. And they caused me more pain on top of my pain. They brought me to you today. And I'm telling you all this. You're a human. You can do whatever you want. You want to kill me? Kill me. I promise, I swear, as God created me, I never saw your son. I didn't rip him up. I never killed a human. He was in shock. He sent them away. Okay? So here comes the question. How could it be that a, that a, that a, that a wolf spoke? Was it ever spoke? We know the only one who spoke was Bilam's Chamar. It says there were ten things created in Erev Shabbos. And it says one of them was the Pia Asan. If the Zev spoke language, Hebrew language, then it should, it should have named him too. We can answer because already, and when it's, once Hashem created the, the Pia Asan, that was already brought it into the world. <coughs> Therefore, it didn't have to mention him. The Ritvot talks about it. Um, there was a, a Gemara in Avodah Zara that there were parois that that were singing whatever. So he said, "How come they didn't write that?" Once the Pia Asan was brought into the world, all these other things are not considered. You know, they're, they're here already. And he says it again. Listen to this. He says it again. There are humans that turn into wolves. And they rip people apart. Wow! Hear what he's saying here? That this wolf that was talking to Yaakov, it wasn't a normal wolf. It was a werewolf. It's not a chidish that he could speak. He was really a human being. There was just a moment when he was in, when he was a wolf. So therefore, it's not mentioned because he was a human being that turned into a wolf. Sorry, I didn't even I didn't even see that before. I just saw that now. The werewolf is back. Anyway, at the end of the day, guys, whoever's listening, we have to bring the beauty back to Yiddishkeit. That's our tagline. Make your house exciting for your kids for Shabbos for Hanukkah. By them present, sing Mosur, play dreidel. Dreidel died. Because pennies don't mean anything to anyone. It's like, it's like you sit down, you put pennies on the table, your grand, my grandchildren are like, 
Come on, put the credit cards out. <laughs> Let's play for the platinum. Gimel is platinum. Hay is gold. Nun is green. And Shin is a debit card. That's it, right? They don't want to play. Play dreidel with them. Take out the pennies. My grandfather used to take 20 pennies. We all got 20 pennies. Play dreidel. Sit around. Talk about the beauty of Yiddishkeit. The beauty of the candles. And, and, and you know, don't... <laughs> They sell a candle in all the Jewish bookstores, and when you light it, it sings Mosur. Come on. It's like, okay, we're not going to sing tonight, we're going to let the candle sing. <laughs> candle, sing Mosur. And then you don't understand why. Why is my kids off the derech? Right? So for, for the oil, right? I didn't get my hands dirty, I bought those automatic oils, the hard wax that's really oil. God forbid it's all preset, just shh, light it up, right? She really self-light, but they don't do that yet, right? And so you don't get your hands dirty. You don't, you don't get your hands dirty on the wicks. You don't get your hands dirty on the oil. So the automatic menorah, you buy it, you just crack off the thing you like. So they're, they're, right, that's, they're like pre-made latkes. You just have to fry them. You don't even have to grind the stuff, whatever. Everything is pre-made. You don't understand why my kids, what's with my kids? Like, what's wrong with them? Why don't they like Hanukkah? Because, you, because everything's pre-made. The candle is singing more than so for you. Come on. So Hanukkah is a time where you could bring the beauty and the purity back because there's presents and there's family. Don't sit around playing cards. That's not the beauty of Yiddishkeit. That's Yavanim. That's Greek. Cartons, Gematras, and Menei Satan says, Kufresh Tesnun is 359. Satan, Satan, the guy who fought with Yaakov. He said, I'm going to bring cards to the table of Hanukkah. Here they went ahead Hanukkah, and they cleaned out the whole base of Migdosh from all Greek influence. We're going to sit at the table, don't family, play cards. We're crazy. That's the satan, it's the strength. It's like, once you allowed gambling with the dreidels, and now it went into cards. Like, no tachanun, so like, no tachanun. You understand? <laughs> give, them a, give them a finger, and they take the whole hand. And now, cards at home, well, let's go to AC. So AC is Hanukkah. Hanukkah is an AC time. I'm sure that's why Hashem made the light for eight days. So you can go eight days to Atlantic City. I don't know, one day, but now that we have a miracle, we can go eight days! And you go to Atlantic City, they have Hanukkah menorahs, and they'll bring you some Gunayot, and they'll, whatever you want. This is the problem. So, we have to get clarity, and we have to get the dust out of our eyes, and the dust out of our Torah, and Torah is not a subject, Torah is something beautiful, and the only way for us to get this back is that we have to find one thing in our life, whether it's Shabbos, candles, davening, whatever it is, to make it, to give it to Hashem with purity and love and beauty, and then He in turn will give each one of us a miracle of Hanukkah, that what we thought would be a little candle will end up being a big candle. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.